Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Today on the Get Ready for the Future show, what is your money personality? We all have one, and we'll explore today how that personality drives the outcome of your financial future. How you think about money determining how you enjoy it. The show starts right now. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome into the Get Ready for the Future show. Scott Inman is away enjoying a vacation with his senior, not, yes, not his dad, but his, his senior son. His graduate. That's right. Yes. <laughs> That's right. He is uh, going to take a few days off. And so I am sitting in uh, John Shrewsbury here with Janet Walker, co-founders of GenWealth Financial Advisors, with us today from our West Little Rock location, Teresa Arago and Austin Evans. Good How are morning. you guys doing? Hey, we're good. Good, good. It is Father's Day weekend, and of course, we have a brand new father on the show yep. today. Austin, how is uh, Brayden doing? He sleeps all night, and we are very blessed, and we have <laughs> a lot of people who give us ugly looks when we tell them that. I was about so, to just say, I uh -huh. hate you. Yeah, he sleeps been, eight hours overnight. You it's know, been 22 it's years since I had to deal with a baby, but I still hate you. Uh -huh. It's probably been 22 years since you've had eight hours of sleep at a time, too. Well, it's, probably, yeah. it's probably true. Austin, of course... Uh, father for the first time. Mm -hmm. I am the proud father of two adult children. Thank God they are now <laughs> off the payroll. Empty off. nester dad. Mm -hmm. That's right. Aww. And uh, and of course, Scott, uh, we mentioned that Garrett graduated high school this year. And so they're out uh, exploring the great West. Uh, they're doing yes. father-son things. Out they, there, are. So. they are. So a lot of stuff. Uh, we really do want to congratulate all the fathers out there on Father's Day. And uh, fathers are really the bedrock of our society. And, and we really do appreciate all the folks out there that have uh, had, you know, the pleasure and the responsibility of being fathers to their children and, and leaders of their family. You know, and today as we as we talk about um, financial personality types and that type of thing, I, I think about my dad, you know, with Father's Day weekend, you mm -hmm. just kind of get into that mindset and the type of financial personality mm -hmm. he had. And frankly, how many children take those personality traits from one of their parents many, many yeah. times. And so, fathers, I would just say, as you're listening to this, uh, there are strengths and weaknesses to each personality trait. Think about what yours are, your, your strengths and your weaknesses that belong to, to your primary personality trait, and what are you passing along to your children? Man, the family thing is so incredibly important because yeah. that's the first place, I think, Teresa, where you see money modeled for you. Here's what it is. Here's how we think about it. Here's mm -hmm. what it means to us and our family. And that family influence drives a lot of that personality. And it can go both ways. You know, a lot of parents don't necessarily be take time to be intentional about teaching their children about money, but it's really important because they're going to follow whatever example they see. So if they just see you spending money all the time, but they That's don't right. realize that you've taken time to save that money first. They may just think that money grows on trees at some point if you're not mm -hmm. careful. And Austin, uh, you can get started by being sure that you don't give a credit card to Braden to play with. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, no. And it, and it is scary. I see myself make money decisions and then it hits me. That's my dad. And I'm seeing those things now <laughs> uh -huh. as I'm getting older. Uh -huh. And so I'm thinking, okay, what can I then teach Brayden as he continues growing up, I, what I was taught growing I, up? I hate to tell you, it only gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> They're the most phenomenal, horrible little mirrors uh -huh. you will ever see. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Every once in a while, I will uh, be getting ready in the mornings. I'll look in the mirror and I'll go, man, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see my dad. Yeah, yep. I see Oh, yeah. Yep. But, you know, uh, Janet, when you think about money and you think about family, uh, the influence of family on, uh, on your money thoughts. You know, Dave Ramsey's famous for saying, you know, uh, we didn't think that our parents had <laughs> money or didn't talk about money yeah. or sex and uh, come to find out they had both. Yeah. And so uh, money is one of those taboo subjects still today in a lot of society. I think 
primarily because even the parents really don't understand money because there's no foundation there. Well, you know, as you you referenced, you know, Dave Ramsey's comment about, you know, we didn't think our parents had sex or money because they didn't talk about either one. And it turns out they had both. The reason they didn't talk about either one is there's a level of discomfort Mm-hmm. You know, the the sex thing is just embarrassing, okay? Mm-hmm. And so they don't talk about that. But money, frankly, it is also embarrassing because they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And when you get to be a parent and your child is asking questions, there's this great misunderstanding as parents that we're supposed to have all of the answers mm-hmm. yep. and that if we don't we're bad parents a, a friend of mine they had a a, a, ta- a a book sitting out on the coffee table and it was about how to parent your teenage son and they had one teenager and one preteen at the time and the preteen walks by sees the copy of the book and looks at the mom and says mom you don't know how to do this I mean, like he was straight flipped out that the mom was reading a book Uh about how to parent your teenage son, you know, just completely blew his mind. We've got to be okay with not knowing everything and therefore be okay with talking about what we do know. Well, you think about it. If my car breaks down, I don't feel bad at all taking it to a mechanic. There is no Mm -hmm. sense of shame in taking my vehicle to a mechanic. But if I'm struggling financially, going to see a financial coach, for some reason, there's a block there for people. Yeah. And yeah. I don't understand it. Why is that? I, I, I don't get it. Now, if, it might be a society thing where we kind of want to put this image out that we have it all together. That, yeah. you know, American dream, white picket fence, perfect family with two and a half kids. Type. Does that exist but anywhere? I don't believe it From what does. I understand, normal's just yeah. a setting on the dryer. Exactly. Yeah, I agree, yeah, that's I agree it. completely. <laughs> that's yeah. that's yeah. exactly <laughs> right. Wait a minute. Pause the tape right there. Let's back that up. Normal is just a setting on the dryer. That's profound, Teresa. I don't know You're that welcome. I've ever heard you say anything more profound in your life. There what you can go. I say? I have my moments. There that's you go. It. That's well, it. you know, and I think it's interesting that, that, you know, this whole idea of financial psychology rests somewhere between real psychology and behavioral economics. Yes. It's in this kind of no man's land out there. But in that no man's land is an area where you can really be influenced, not just by family, but by marketers, by advertising, mm-hmm. by uh, people that, that want to say, well, you you made it, you ought to be able to manage it. And, and that's just not the case at all. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people believe uh, the lies that are told, frankly, uh, through marketing and, and all of this. And, and the biggest lie is you can have it all. You can't have it all. No. You can't handle having it all. Right. Uh, there, there's not any real way to do that. But I think that when you think about money and, and how you deal with it, I think you've got to understand that your financial environment affects all of us, Janet. And, and that goes back to how you're raised, what uh, what your parents thought about money, and really the experiences that you had either as a result of money or with money yourself. Yeah, you know, this whole nature versus nurture conversation that comes up on so many topics really applies to money. And and I think it's fun uh, to do maybe a little quiz to figure out what's the end result of all the nature and nurture and who am I in terms of money. And so we have a fabulous opportunity for you to take an easy little fun quiz and it's going to give you the, the, the cutest little guy at the end of this quiz and it's like a picture of your financial personality. It's lots of fun. So, John, tell everybody how to take the quiz. So, you go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash personality. That's getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash personality. Now, this doesn't identify you. It doesn't, you know, expose you to any, you know, uh, public ridicule or anything like that. It's just between you and and the computer. We don't even see the results of it. But you can absolutely go to this and get a bearing on your money personality. We're going to be covering all of that uh, a little bit later on in the show. So we'll talk about the different personality types. What I would recommend if I were in your shoes, I would go and first of all, listen to the rest of the show today, go and take the quiz and then come back and listen to this on a podcast after you know which personality Mm -hmm. you are and tune in to, all right, what does that mean for me? We will delve into the six financial personality types as we roll on to the uh, uh, end of the Get Ready for the Future show. We hope you'll stay with us, John and Janet and the crew from West Little Rock, back in just a moment. There are only three things you can count on in life, death, taxes, and the Get Ready for the Future show on Saturdays. Back with more after this break.
Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. It is the Founders Edition yes, of it the is. GenWealth Financial Advisors Get Ready for the Future Show. Fastest four minutes in investing. That's a mouthful. It is. But yeah. uh, I'm glad that Janet is here because Scott is away on vacation. We're going to talk about the economy. Now, you made some observations about the economy while you were on vacation. Yes. So I recently went to the Smoky Mountains, and we spend most of our time in the mountains, very little time in, in town. Gatlinburg is a tourist trap, if ever there was such a thing. So we spend most of the time out of there. But we spent a little bit of time in Gatlinburg. And you know the, the Can-Ams that are like, uh, they're basically a, a dune buggy made street legal so it's a four-seater type deal all right right. they're all over the place and we've got the kids with us we have a friend who owns a a, actually a relative who owns a dealership where they sell those and we thought that'd be a blast let's go check those out and see how much it costs when we pull in and we ask and it's three hundred dollars forget this three hours time Wow. $100 an hour, three-hour minimum. Yes. We did not rent one. I'm just going just gonna to be very clear. We didn't do it. So we your was, observation was? My observation was, I'm not really worried about the economy. Uh, you know, people talk about, you know, are, are we at the end? or things tight and whatever? People are throwing away $300 for three hours' time well, just left and right. Another take on that might be that we are beginning to see some excesses in, Over. in, in the economy. But, yeah. you know, one of the big uh, concerns right now is trade. Of course, President Trump announced that uh, he had struck a deal with Mexico, and that's not going yeah. to happen as far as the tariffs are concerned. But still is lingering out there is this China thing, and it's getting a little bit long in the tooth, Janet. Right. And so, you know, we, we are beginning to be a little bit concerned about that as it relates to the earnings on the S&P 500. So, I mean, we'll, t- we'll take some time and see where we are again. Mexico, we're good. I want to go back to, because I said over and everybody's like, what's she talking talking about the over index that we talk about quite a bit. So maybe this is a sign of a little bit of overspending is where I was going with that. Yes, absolutely. And so we, again, do not see a impending recession, but we are very much on watch about this whole deal with China and tariffs and trade because that subject has tentacles that reach deep into the economy. It, it does. But again, I want to go back to making sure that in your plan that it, it doesn't necessarily matter right now today what happens right now today because you're doing long-range planning. Yes, long-range planning uh, is based on the the understanding that time has the propensity to heal most of the wounds that you could get in the stock market. And so while we are concerned about what's going on now, we do try to mitigate some of that risk with long-term planning. But when we take a look at what's going on in the area of trade and deficit, I'm sorry, trade and uh, the tariffs and, and what's happening and the effect of that on the economy, we tap the guys at LPL Re- Research, Ryan Dietrich and John Lynch, and they are saying we're going to peel back just a little bit on the earnings of the S&P 500, the forecast of earnings for this year. So they're beginning to shave just a little bit of that off. But interestingly enough, Janet, they are not shaving off their prediction of the S&P being at 3,000 by the end of the year. That's been pretty consistent by those guys. You're absolutely right. And, and when we think about the end of the year, that brings us into next 2020. And believe it or not, there are people you know already looking at the end impact on the markets from the presidential election coming up in 2020. And we're starting to see a lot of posts and things on social media about that. So people are already leaning towards that thought, and it's beginning to have a little bit of play in the markets. Absolutely. So stay alert, stay informed. We'll keep you abreast here on The Fastest Four. That is The Fastest Four Minutes in Investing. The Get Ready for the Future show continues in just a moment. Don't miss a minute of the Get Ready for the Future show. Look for our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash radio. We'll be right back.
You ain't heard nothing yet. Buckle up, because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. Before we jump in on the six personality types about money, we're going to remind you of some workshops we've got coming up. July 16th, 6.30 at Mike's Place in Conway, the Social Security Workshop with Stephanie Smith, uh, Genwell's own Social Security Specialist, is going to be uh, in Conway to teach you lots of stuff about Social Security. I love our Social Security Workshops because we're not just parroting you know, some information that somebody mm-hmm. gave us. We're actually bringing in a 27 year veteran of the social security system to answer your questions. So you want to be on hand for one of those workshops. It's coming up on July 16th at 630 at Mike's Place in Conway, July 25th at the Crown Plaza in West Little Rock, and then down in El Dorado, July 30th at the El Dorado Event Center at 630 as well. Janet, these social security workshops are usually packed out. Lots of folks there. Lots of folks want to know, how can I be sure that I get what I deserve from social security? I mean, so Social Security is something that impacts pretty much everybody, Mm -hmm. and you need to understand it. We know that it's complicated. We've talked about there are over 80 ways to claim Social Security, and that's why we bring in an expert. And by the way, uh, she doesn't just have 27 years with Social Security. She's also a GenWealth team member now. And Mm -hmm. so she Mm -hmm. is getting uh, to the point now where she understands, all right, how does Social Security play into all of the other decisions that you're making? making investment-wise because you don't need to make that decision independently. It is part of the overall formula for and you. And I think I think that's a key is that a lot of people think that it's just this own nebulous piece yes. and then your investments mm-hmm. are this other nebulous piece, but all of it has to work together like a puzzle to make it work for your retirement. Absolutely. So go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events and register for the Social Security Workshop near you July 16th in Conway at Mike's Place, the Crown Plaza in West Little Rock on July 25th, and in El Dorado July 30th at 6.30 at the El Dorado Event Center. Money personalities. We've seen them all, right? Yes, we have. <laughs> We've been in a clo- in a room with a closed door with every one of these personalities. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's a little scary thought when you, when you really think about it. But, you know, people come into Gen Wealth with all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of situations. People are wealthy. People are not wealthy. People mm-hmm. are teetering mm-hmm. on whether they're going to make it in, in retirement or not. Uh, there are all kinds of personalities. And as I said, we've seen them all. But I think one of the ones that is the most interesting is what is labeled the anxious investor, but I'm going to call them the itchy investor. Yes. Uh, that that is accurate. a better term for I, it. I would agree. The, the, I would the agree. quiz says anxious investor, and I think anxious about being scared, you know that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but these I, folks are anything but scared. I think it's more trying to relay that they're just all tight and like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, okay, we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to, you know, and it's just, okay, just toss the risk aside, let me go, let me invest. Yeah. And what they wind up doing doing because they're so high strung as investors Mm -hmm. is they wind up doing the exact opposite of buy low and sell high. They go, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm willing to take more risk. So they buy high and Mm -hmm. I'm smarter than everybody else. So they wind up selling low. And it's it's one of these self-defeating types of behaviors if you don't rein it in some. Well, let's let's take this apart for just a second. I think it's really interesting when the market is going up, then here come all these people that are saying, oh, yeah, I'm ready to invest now. Mm-hmm. It's the same behavior that happens in the lottery when the lottery gets really yeah. big. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but when you understand the dynamics of the lottery, it means you've got a lesser and lesser chance of winning as that lottery mm-hmm. gets bigger and bigger mm-hmm. because so many more people are participating. Mm-hmm. Now, there's not, there's not a corollary to the market there, mm-hmm. but what you are doing is you're jumping in after the gains have maybe already been made. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an interesting human personality trait. And you're also being emotional. And that's something that's really detrimental to an investor over the long haul is when you allow your emotions to determine when you're investing and when you're getting out. So when you take those losses, you panic and you Mm -hmm. sell and now you've captured those losses. So that's where that really gets difficult for someone to overcome. Yeah. And I kind of think too, the itchy investor really like that term. They could be individuals who might have gotten into the ballgame late in life. And so they're people who are naturally wired to go 90 to nothing in every other aspect. And now they're going, I've started late. I've got to just left lane hammer down just go and get into it and if you don't have someone to help put a governor on them so Mm -hmm. to speak to Mm -hmm. rein them back in they can be very detrimental to themselves 
Yeah, and I, these folks are the traitors. These yeah. are the folks mm-hmm. that are glued to CNBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're wanting to make this move and that move and try to get an angle on something. Right. You know, trying to get a little bit of an edge, a little bit of an advantage. But here's what the statistics show. I think this is really interesting. The statistics show that those folks really do underperform the the tried and true, slow and steady, you know, mm-hmm. tortoise uh, investor yes. that is just very. Uh, deliberate about what they're doing. You know, we've seen so many times the the studies about you know over even the complete history of the market of of the S and P five hundred. Not even just the time of mm-hmm. any average investor in the market, but mm-hmm. the complete history. If you were to miss the top ten days in the market. And the impact that that has just to mm-hmm. have been out the top ten days. Well, these guys. Man, and they're in and out like it's the quick stop gas station and like I (laughs) got to run in and grab a Coke and hit the road and go. Mm -hmm. That's not investing. Frankly, that's more along the lines of gambling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that is really why we are long term investors at Gen Wealth and we don't do uh, stock trading for people. We Mm -hmm. can we can obviously trade stocks because we have a broker dealer and we have that ability to do that. But that's not a regular function of what we do. You will not have a Gen Wealth advisor pick up the phone and. And, and call you and say, hey, I heard this news on XYZ stock yeah. and I think it's going to run. We ought to get into it right now. We have a very small number of clients, and I mean as a firm, a mm-hmm. very small number of clients for whom we make some individual stock purchases just because that's what they want to do. But catch this, even for those people, it's with what we, even with the clients, what we jokingly call their Vegas money. Yeah. Yes. It yep. is not their retirement retirement money, it's mm-hmm. their Vegas money that they kind of want to play with on the side mm-hmm. and see yep. if they're smart enough to win the game, so to speak. Yep. But with the retirement money, we're running the play. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking of when you were talking about the lottery. When people are buying a lottery ticket, they're just using a little bit of money. They're yeah. not taking mm-hmm. their entire paycheck and buying lottery yeah. tickets. With well, them. most of them Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. But that's okay to take a ticket. But yes. don't mm-hmm. take your whole retirement and put it in, you know, on right. this cycle yeah. of buy and yeah. sell. We're helping people name their dollars so their dollars yes. don't name themselves at the end of the day. So it's we delineate between your retirement funds and then, your okay, here's money. a little fun money. Yeah, we yes. do that a lot with clients who really want to do that. So here's the takeaway. <laughs> Limit your trading to a small amount of cash that you can afford to lose. If you don't already have a financial plan, then get one because you're going to need one. That personality Mm -hmm. type is going to kind of drag you back into that behavior. And behavior modification is a big part of having a financial plan. So that is the anxious or the itchy investor. So let's switch now and go to really kind of the exact opposite personality type here in terms of money. And that is the hoarder. Okay. So let's just go around the table. When we took the test, Teresa, you were a... I was a hoarder. Austin. Hoarder. 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 Okay. <laughs> four out of four. Uh, shocking news that financial advisors are by their their greatest strength, and I'm going to say strength, not weakness, mm-hmm. hoarders. Now, hoarder has this horrific connotation to it these days. You think about all these these shows that are on TV, people got crap piled mm-hmm. up everywhere, and yep. they're hoarders, right? So it's a yep. negative deal. This is... Always having a rainy day fund. Teresa, mm-hmm. you talked about that. That's you- what the questions were a little tricky for me because yeah. they kept talking about having a security blanket more or yes. less. And you're like, yes, and sign me up. <laughs> yes. One yeah. of those things my parents taught me is that a, an emergency fund is important. And I've used one for so long that I can't function without it. So let me say, if you go and take the quiz, because we all looked at this mm-hmm. and went, I mean, we're savers, but we're not hoarders because yeah. one of the other things that it says is if you're a hoarder then you let me quote this you abhor risk i do not abhor no. risk no. i embrace appropriate levels of risk as a business owner that's very obvious as yeah. an investor that's who i am so understand the quiz is it, it's fun yeah. but it's going to pick a personality type and say this is who you are and in all reality you're probably a blend mm-hmm. of several mm-hmm. different yep. things yeah just to be clear none of us have 
have rooms in our house where cash is stacked up and we're having <laughs> no. to crawl over to get to the refrigerator. No, That's not, not since no. last Tuesday. No. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But but we are very frugal when it comes mm-hmm. to to money. We don't take big risk with things, and I think that really does play out in the way that we manage other people's money here at yeah. GenWealth. We we are not big risk takers. Now we know that you have to take enough risk to offset some of the other dangers that you have out there, like inflation mm-hmm. and and the lack of growth of your money. But right. but you cannot take that to an extreme. And I think oftentimes there are people out there that do take it to an extreme. Yeah, uh, you know, in the in the history of my career, I was thinking about how many people have come in and they've been just terrified to invest because even though they've they've probably invested in a 401k at work it felt different because mm-hmm. they were still getting a paycheck yep. and then when that 401k has to provide the paycheck all of a sudden investing feels very different than it yes. ever has before especially if you're this personality type the hoarder the natural saver mm-hmm. rather than a natural investor and so they were scared to take that step well over that time, I remember one client, one, who had the ability to put the money in the bank and withdraw the amount of money they need needed and even have excess for inflation from now till death do we part, and they were going to be okay. I assume they had a whole lot. A whole lot of money and very few expenses. Okay. Okay. There are not many people on the planet who have the, what I'm going to call luxury mm-hmm. of not mm-hmm. needing to invest. You're going to have to step into that. Well, you know, giving into that risk becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Your, your fear is that, you know, if you take some risk, you're going to, you know, lose and you're going to run out of yes. money before you run out of time. But if you don't take risk, yes. then you likely are going to lose and run out of money before you run out of time because you don't have enough go-go in your portfolio. Right. I'm thinking of an investor right now that a couple of us have been working with for years, and part of the plan is in place, but part of the plan, because it was different than what she was anticipating we were going to tell her, she's terrified to put it in place. Mm -hmm. And so it is literally sitting at the bank, wasting away in terms of inflation, and it is needed for the rest of her plan. But because she can't overcome that fear, it's going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy and it's going to blow up on her. We've covered the anxious or the itchy investor and the hoarder. We've got four more personalities to go on the Get Ready for the Future show. We hope you'll stay with us as we broadcast all across the state of Arkansas from GenWealth Financial Advisors. Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show. And we'll be right back. A smarter, simpler, more personal approach to retirement continues with the Get Ready for the Future show. If you're approaching retirement, now would be a good time to sit down with a GenWealth advisor and talk about the GenWealth Ready to Retire process. It is a process that we put all of our clients through here at GenWealth Financial Advisors that are ready to, uh, that are approaching retirement. And guys, I think that it's it's really important for us to emphasize that the GenWealth Ready to Retire process is something that is really very uh, well crafted here at GenWealth, yes. that we uh, look at things like Social Security, we look at things like what's your desired and required income. There's a lot of components to this. It's not just coming in and doing some investments. Yeah, I, I would say if you're preparing to step into retirement and you have talked to an advisor and they've not asked you about your required income or they've not talked about how they're going to implement Social Security into the whole picture for mm-hmm. you, I don't know that you know that you're ready to retire. You may have a Mm -hmm. pool of investments, but how do you know that you're ready to retire? Mm-hmm. You've got to have that peace of mind about it. And Teresa, during the break, you were relating a story to us about one of your clients that uh, went through kind of this hoarder mentality, this terrified mm-hmm. mentality, but they, they actually found some some comfort about what they were doing with their money through education. Yes, this client had watched a parent go through a time where they ran out of money before mm-hmm. they were done. And mm-hmm. it was really terrifying to this client to even consider retirement. And so she had come to a workshop and expressed this. And I said, let's sit down and let's talk about it because she was new to me and new to GenWealth. And we just went through an educational process of what the risks are, why we are taking certain risks over others. And it really helped her understand 
what was going to happen in retirement. And I think just the comfort of knowing where her money was going, knowing why it was doing what it was doing, was really helpful to her in getting some comfort. Education is the key to the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. Anybody can put money into an investment program for you, but only an educator can really help you to understand where money is going. And so mm-hmm. if you want to uh, take part in the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, give us a call, 501-653-7355. Speak with Anna Olive, our new client introduction specialist, and she will connect you with a Gen Wealth advisor that is ready to help you get ready for the future. So we're talking about money personalities. We've covered the hoarder. We've covered the anxious investor. I have to admit that I am, uh, there is a hybrid to this. I am a hoarder, <laughs> but I am also uh, this social value spender to some extent you because <laughs> this this uh, first bullet point on our, on our cheat sheet here says the social value spender uh, means that shopping makes the financial personality, this financial personality type happy. Now, it's very specific shopping with me because it's not going to Walmart, <laughs> no, but, no, 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 no. but it is uh, literally spending money on nice things like clothes and cars and stuff like that. I, that, that just kind of calms my soul sometimes. It's funny because you and I didn't talk about this before the show, but as I was reading through this, I went, uh, John's got a good dose of that in him. And I got to thinking about why, um, because, because John, I will say, even though, yes, you spend money on nice things, you do it in a way that is financially okay, because you, you've still got mm-hmm. the baby steps in order and that type of thing. But, but here's the reason I think in your situation anyway, and I think it's important for people to understand the why, like, why do you really do this? And are you doing it in a way that's financially okay? Um, we talk a lot around the workplace about love languages and everybody's got, yeah, 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 everybody's got their own love language. Well, yours is words of affirmation. Yep. And so when somebody goes, man, that's a nice jacket. Where'd you get that? It's affirming. And, and I think a lot of people who who have this financial uh, personality type, it's because their love language is words of affirmation. And when somebody says, you look nice, they're like, why, thank you very much. You know, you feel loved when you have that conversation. Here's my question. Does your bank account feel loved? You know, <laughs> yeah. you've got to value yep. uh-huh. yourself enough to make those decisions in a financially wise way because – John, 20 years ago, you didn't dress like you do now because your bank account didn't look then like it does now. Right. My, yeah. my dress looks like my bank account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and thinking about love languages, my mom's love language was gifts. Yes. She loved to give gifts. That's how she expressed love. Yep. So she would just buy random stuff. I could not let my children express to her that they wanted something if I knew where her budget was because I knew where her budget was. Because she'd got, she'd go buy it whether she could afford mm-hmm. it or not. Yeah, what? that's that's the other side of this. It, mm-hmm. it, it does make some of these folks happy to buy for themselves, but it makes a lot of people happy to buy for others. And they'll just buy it, not really knowing whether you need it, not really knowing whether you want it. You just get it, you know. And right and now, then you, and then you feel awkward yeah. if you're the recipient recipient of that because yeah. you go, I didn't really want that, but okay. <laughs> right now, awaiting my daughter's return from church camp. There is a floor full in the playroom, a floor full of toys. And I'm not talking about like little bitty stuff. I'm talking about big $25 plus, you know, toys that when they were purchased, at least that much, you know, per some of them 50 and more. And I'm going to tell you, they were not bought by me. They were not (laughs) bought by my husband. My mother-in-law loved her dearly, but her love language, Teresa, like you said, was gifts. And my children got so many things that they never, ever, ever played with, didn't want, didn't ask for. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it made her feel loved, and and it was her way to show love to buy them those things. But it didn't fit into her budget. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the benefit for my daughter is she's now going to sell all those (laughs) things, and it'll help her budget. But you've got to think about... You know, yes, I get that it's your love language, but what is it doing to you financially? And and would your family want that? Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go with that. The consequence of this type of personality yep. is the need for a debt elimination program. Yeah. Yes, and I yep. helped my mom with that when she had some health issues, and I stepped in and helped them with their finances for a time. And when I found out how much debt she had, I almost choked. And then I helped her, mm-hmm. and she was able mm-hmm. to change that dynamic and learn to save and then buy, and it really yep. helped her out. Yep. Absolutely, and. and 
And Austin, GenWealth is one of the few financial firms that I've had the opportunity to look at their process and find that there is a debt elimination Mm -hmm. process that we go through, whether you're going through the ready to retire process or you're coming in as a a young or middle-aged person, we're going to look at debt. And that's something that most financial firms overlook. Yeah, most don't. When, When I talk to clients about that and we get to this point, they're almost shocked by that. They're thinking, wait, you're not but you're not making really any money that that's goes through your mind. I said, yeah. well, you need this. And I think of, uh, I ha- I have some clients who actually one is a social value spender. The spouse is a hoarder. They're at mm. two opposite ends oh, of the spectrum. Yeah. It is a very, it was a very unique dynamic yes. in the first few appointments where mm-hmm. you had to almost bring them together and find this middle ground because mm-hmm. the social value spender racked up, all this credit card debt Mm -hmm. and the hoarder was so used to save, 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 save and not invest. So it was, okay, find a happy ground, run a debt plan that works for them. That's the biggest thing too. A lot of people, when they think of a debt plan, they think of, it's a four letter word, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, I can't do anything. I'm going to have to eat peanut butter sandwiches for the next six years. Exactly. Whereas, no, no, this works with y'all. And and the cool thing too, is we work with our clients as they go along. I tell, I tell my clients, life happens along the way. So if we need to adjust it, we can. That's what we're here to be your financial consultants through this entire mm-hmm. process. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that the whole idea of having a debt elimination plan often is foreign to people. They think I'm always going to have debt. Well, that's not yep. necessarily the case. You don't always have to have debt. And Janet, when you get ready to retire, we'd like for you to be debt free. Absolutely. It makes life so much easier in retirement if you do not have a mortgage. And yeah. yes, it's possible. But obviously, you know, even if you don't get to that point, it's great to not have any credit card payments. Mm-hmm. It's great to not have a car payment. And yes, it's possible to go the rest of your life without a car payment. My parents never had one. And it's not that they walked everywhere they went. They just never had a car payment. Mm -hmm. You can do it. Our next personality is the cash splasher. And when (laughs) I think of this, I think of people that I've known in my life that didn't carry a wallet. They -hmm. carried a roll. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So let me. So so if they were buying a stick of gum, out came the roll and they started, you know, peeling off the bills bills to get down. And and the ones were always in the Uh center of the roll. Of course. Because the $100 bills were on the outside. And so they Uh slowly peel through that. And and these days, you probably don't want to do that, especially not out in public. It cracks me up that you say $100 bills plural. There was a guy where I grew up. And if you grew up in the part of the state where I grew up i'm not going to name the name but you know who i'm talking about there was one hundred dollar bill that was it <laughs> everything else was fives or ones okay but That's it was a big old Makes thick that roll roll. Bigger. Yeah, it, exactly it, yeah i yeah. mean and boy he wanted everybody to see it every time uh-huh. but john you're right these days that'll get you shot yes. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you want to be careful with that and you know I think the thing that that if you're spending that money, there's one thing to walk around with that roll and show off like you have it. And most people that have that much money don't freely spend it because they wouldn't have it if they did. But when you think about the free spenders, the the folks that just throw money around, you've got to understand that spending doesn't make you happier. Uh, It's not a a lasting happiness, I guess I would say. Well, and, and this one really is more focused on what other people think about you. Mm-hmm. The, the cash splasher is splashing money around in front of people, like you talk about the, the $100 bills being visible to everybody. But it's the person who, you know, when when people are out to have dinner together, who at the beginning of the meal says very loudly, I've got this, I'm buying for everybody, you know. Yeah. Now, yeah. now I'll buy somebody's lunch in a heartbeat just because I want to, but it's a very subtle at the end of the meal, yeah. trying to get the check, that type of deal. That's different than the one who does it in this bold, audacious yes, for everyone yes. at the table. Look at me. It's, yep. it's the keeping up with the Joneses mentality. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, but I think a good happy medium here is that if you're focused on the time with others and, and enjoying the experience, mm-hmm. I know that, that for me, uh, 
money is a means to an end. Money is a way yeah. that I can do things with my family and we can mm-hmm. go and, and experience things that we've never had a chance to experience before. And Lord knows we've done a lot of that in our in our life. And, and I think that's really a healthy way to look at this type of thing is that if you can use money to enrich your relationships mm-hmm. as opposed to enrich your stature, I think you're in really good shape. Absolutely. I think of, you know, when you talk about memories, I can't tell you 90% of the gifts that I've gotten over my lifetime, but there are experiences that are melded into my heart and will be for the rest of my life. Yes. I agree. And and so, you know, if you're thinking about money and you're hearing some things here that you say, you know, I I probably need to get a handle on this. Uh, You might want to go to a psychologist, but you might want to go to a financial (laughs) advisor. And we would love to sit down and talk with you here at GenWealth to talk about your goals and, and really get to the heart of what you want money to do for you. Because folks, at the end of the day, you can't take it with you. There is nobody that, that, you know, has an armored truck following the hearse behind them in the funeral procession. You've got to understand the role of money in your life. So if you'd like to do that, pick up the phone, give us a call, 501-653-7355. We have offices in Central Arkansas, South Arkansas, and Northwest Louisiana, and a general wealth advisor is nearby, ready to serve you. We're back on the Get Ready for the Future show in just a moment. Get off the crazy train and onto a more dependable track with the Gen Wealth team. All aboard the Get Ready for the Future show after the break. We're back with more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money on the Get Ready for the Future show. I guess you would call this the interactive Get Ready for the Future show yes. on this edition. Uh, if you are listening to us, you can go to our website, getreadyforthefuture.com, and then put forward slash personality because you can take your own money personality test. And you figure out if you're a hoarder or if you are a itchy investor, as we've called it, or a, a anxious investor, as the test calls it, you can discover what your money personality is by going to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash personality. Guys, as we uh, jump into the last segment here, want to catch up on a couple of other personalities. And one of them uh, is called in the test, it's called the Fitbit financier. Now, Teresa's got a little <laughs> bit different take on that. When I was reading the description, all I could think is this is the engineer financier. Yes. Because yes. when we deal with the engineer personality type, they've always got their 17 boxes of status, you know, the statistics from the last 30 years of their life. And they've got all these details. And that's what this personality type talks about is they track bank balances very carefully Mm -hmm. and spending habits. And they can tell you what they spent on milk for the last three years, you know, that kind of personality. I've literally had clients walk in and they have record books of Mm -hmm. daily balances of their 401k throughout their entire career. I'm not talking about quarterly statements. I'm talking about (laughs) written out on Mm -hmm. a notebook, daily balances, where they were invested, all of this stuff. And I just look at them and I go, why? Why? (laughs) What what is that for? But they're very proud of their acumen of being able to do that. Yeah. Uh, we, we've had clients, I know Teresa and I bring those binders full. Mm-hmm. Everything is labeled. It is organized to a T and they're mapping out everything. Here's our budget on an Excel document spreadsheet. It's organized and it's great. But then you get into, they get so obsessive with, yes. with everything in there where it almost gets beyond, you know, you're tracking everything to an obsession that can create this anxiety and stress in your life. And you want to, you want to make them mad? Tell them it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You just well, don't it, do that. You know, there's yeah. a balance. Just don't do that. Yeah. Finding that. And there was one client, you know, we joke about the mm-hmm. binder, but there was a client who came up with a binder that was super organized and it had everything in there, which was great. Yes. But we're talking about those that, like you said, they've got daily balances. They've been tracking it. And all I can think is, that is a lot of anxiety and stress yes. that you've, yes. you've mm-hmm. spent time on unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to think about what really matters. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, like you said, in the appointments that we're having with our clients, we greatly appreciate you coming in with all your stuff yes. organized, you mm-hmm. know, but what matters? And it's not what you paid for milk back in 1975. It's mm-hmm. what are your required expenses going to be in retirement? Now, obviously, there are other things on the list that mattered. But, you know, just as a comparison point, think about what really matters. And that's what we need to be focusing on. And that's what? usually, sorry, John, okay. that, that's usually a hard question for them to answer. Yeah. When we get to that point, they, they almost have this, I've seen this look of, oh, wait, I did all this and 
it's just that that that's simple. They're they're kind mm-hmm. of shocked by that. Whereas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. these w- these are the important things to focus on when it comes to your retirement. Well, I think this is interesting. This comes from uh, the article that came along with the uh, with the personality test. Uh, it says that keeping on top of money matters is a good thing, but sometimes there is an overcompensation due mm-hmm. to the loss of control mm-hmm. of other areas of the person's life. Yeah. You know, you made the money and you think, okay, this is a this is a finite commodity and now I can control this because maybe I'm not in control of some other area of my life. And you feel empowered by being in control over your dollars. But I think that's got to be a false sense of empowerment. Yes. Well, and and I think um, let me let me just say I gave birth to an engineer. I, I love this kid, but he's 16 years old. And we knew when he was two that he was put on the planet to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. And you can laugh at me all day long, but I'm telling you, it is in this boy's genes as clear mm-hmm. as can be. But when I look as a mom at the things that that frustrate him, it's the lack of absolutes, mm-hmm. you know, to, in uh-huh. his mindset, there's a black and there's a white yes. and that is it. There's no gray mm-hmm. area. There is a right. There is a wrong. There is one right way to do something. When he has to write a book report, bless his pee-picking little heart. <laughs> because, <laughs> because in his mind, there is only one right yeah. way to do it. Well, you and I know mm-hmm. if there's a 100 students, you're going to have a 100 different book reports on the same book, and they can all be A-level work, mm-hmm. yes. but they're all different. There's not just one right way. And so when you carry that over to investing – Oh my goodness. They come in looking for the one right way to do it, thinking that there is just one right way. There are many. Yes, you're right. And I think our advice is that you need to step back and look at the bigger picture. Do you need more advice than internet forums, you know, or yes. do you need more advice than, than analysis? You know, you can yes. get analysis yeah. paralysis. Absolutely. And, and if you're not careful, that's, that's where that leads. So that is the Fitbit financier, or as Teresa just put it, the, the engineer, engineer. <laughs> not to uh, besmirch a profession, but those guys have their own personality. It's just yeah. the way they're wired. That's, that's okay. Right. So last one on the list is the ostrich. This is somebody that doesn't want to know about money, doesn't think about money. Money, what is that? It's just supposed to be there when I show up and ready to spend it. You know, that those folks can be really frustrating. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of Austin talked about earlier is those that it just never even occurred to them to plan yeah. for anything, yeah. whether it's long term investing, whether it's a vacation, they just kind of let it ride and mm-hmm. they just take it where it goes. And that's a really tricky way to try to get somewhere, I would say. Janet, I think you're you're prone to say that, uh, I think you quote Stephen in this, your yeah. husband, that- uh, Your it, indecision will become your decision. Yeah. That's if a good you, one. If you yeah. just want to bury your head about something, then whatever the consequences are, that's what you're going to get. Yeah. And you can think that you're not in control of it. You really are in control. You can direct your dollars. Yeah, you absolutely. Can, you can have some control over this. Now, not to the extent that we talk about the engineer or the Austria, I'm sorry, the, the Fitbit financier. Right. But you do want to be in a situation where you're not just blind to what's going on because money is one of those things that if you don't name where it's going, it's going to have a name for itself or somebody's going to have their attachment to your money. Yeah, and I referenced this person earlier in the in the show today. But when you you get to the point where um, you're scared to make a decision, and, and we actually had this conversation with this client, and and warned her that her indecision had become her decision, and until she actually makes a different decision. She rests with the indecision and that's mm-hmm. it. And, and it could stay that way for years. It could stay that way forever. It is not going to move you forward mm-hmm. if you avoid making decisions. I think too, this could also be the individual who they've made a decision to go speak with a financial professional, but I've had this happen where clients come in and go, here's my money. Just do something with it. I don't need to know about it. Whereas mm. I think a, a uniqueness of gen wealth with our ready to retire process is, we slow them down and go, no, I want you to understand why we're doing what we're right. doing with your money. I want you to be comfortable with it. And that's that goes back to our process where it's written out in that written plan where you understand why you're doing not just here, take it. You're a professional. I don't hands off. I don't want to do anything with it. Have we not seen over the years a, a really elegant transformation from those folks 
to the people that are actually do engage and are involved with their money once they actually are exposed to real education yes. about yes. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, think about that. Think about the fact that that you could be this head in the sand ostrich person. I don't know about your money and think about where that's likely to yeah. lead you. Mm-hmm. And that is why we do what we do here at Gen Wealth Financial Advisors. We are education driven. We are strategy based and we are team delivered because it matters to you and your financial future, how you engage with your money. And we want to help to teach you to better engage with your money. So if if you have maybe been an ostrich, you've had your head in the sand. And, you know, frankly, for any of these personality types, if you want to learn more about retirement, if you want to make sure that you have more information and that you are ready to retire, we have a, a book, Your Retirement Should Be More, that John and I wrote uh, last year. And we would like to get that out. We're going to give this away to the first 10 people who email us with a request for the book. Just send us an email, info at getreadyforthefuture.com, I-N-F-O at getreadyforthefuture.com. Ask for the book, Your Retirement Should Be More. First 10 people who send us an email, we're going to get you that uh, that information, and it will help you be more educated about retirement. Yeah, info at getreadyforthefuture.com is the email address. We'll take the first 10 emails and get that book out to you next week. Of course, you know, when you look at all these personalities, we we have to understand that that everybody's going to be different. Mm-hmm. But what is the the universal uh, thing that that outlies all of this? It is really education. Yes. You know, the engineer mm-hmm. wants more education. The ostrich needs more education. When you think about all of these personality types, some of what is ailing them, if you will, in their situation is the lack of education. I, you know, spoke on the show for the last couple of uh, weeks about the fact that, you know, Congress is doing all these things to change up the retirement system in this country and uh, making little tweaks here and there, nothing of, of any significance. But I've, I said the other day that we're never going to address the retirement crisis in this country until we address the education crisis. That's right. And I wanted to p- throw that out there because we're trying to do that not only here at Gen wealth in the the one-on-one meetings with folks, but also in the workplace. So we have a a program called Money Works because what we have determined over the years is that people do not understand how money works works. Mm -hmm. And since they didn't get it in the education system growing up in most cases, then we've determined, all right, how do we do this before they're ready to retire? And before they walk in the door and say, hey, it's my turn. The Mm -hmm. best place we know how to do that is in the workplace, because we can talk to a group of 30 to 100 people and say, here's what you need to understand about how money works. So we've got a program. If you're in HR, if you're a business owner, contact us. There's no cost to bring us out to talk to you about the program. We would love to to do that and to share that information. We believe that a person who is better educated about their money, frankly, most times makes a better employee. Absolutely. So contact us 501-653-7355. That's 501-653-7355. We want to thank you for being with us on the Get Ready for the Future show for this weekend. For the entire Gen Wealth crew, I'm John Shrewsbury. Have a great weekend. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. See you.